Hey there, it's Dan Blakely, and this is what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. On this week's program, what's going on with the Barry Y? The Grove Street location closed when the pandemic began. A couple of potential new locations have fallen through. We get an update. We'll head out of town with former Barry Mayor Jeff Lehman, who has his sights set on a political seat in Muskoka. Our partners in crime, Rock 95 and 107.5 Cool FM, have launched their 32nd annual Christmas toy drive to ensure every kid in the region finds something under the tree December 25th. The World Cup of Soccer begins in a couple of weeks, Canada taking part for the first time since 1986. We get some insight into what that means for soccer in Canada. But first... North Simcoe County has always been a star attraction for vacationers. Now the powers that be are looking for ways to draw people in and keep them in year-round to work there as well as play there. Barry 360's Will Conkin gets the Coles notes from Suzanne McCrimmon, Executive Director of the Economic Development Corporation of North Simcoe. What is the Economic Development Corporation of North Simcoe? We are a separate entity that delivers economic development to the communities of Tiny, Tay, Penetanguishene in and Midland. And we are very fortunate to be an, an organization that is funded by all four townships. Wait, what are its main goals and what does it want to get done? Our goals are to focus on specific sectors which are currently agriculture, tourism, manufacturing, small business, healthcare and uh, arts and culture. Now, that's a real handful because, you know, those are pretty hefty goals to look at all of those sectors. Um, Again, we're very fortunate to be also supported by Simcoe County, which is the next tier up in um, the government, in local and municipal government. And we work very closely with them on larger projects. But, you know, for a five to 10 year plan, It's always really interesting because, you know, an organization or municipality, we can come together and create this really great strategic plan and then it sits on a shelf. But if you involve your community in that plan, then it can grow and really be successful because the community has been engaged and been ignited to actually create that plan. So, We look at, I step back and I look at what is, what I see as strengths of this area. So Midland and Penetanguishene and Tiny and Tay all have their own unique um, pieces about them. So, for example, you know, in Tiny and in Penetanguishene, the agriculture is unbelievable. Before you get down to the water, there's just fields and fields and fields of potatoes and, and, uh, you know, the different crops. And it was interesting because one of my very first meetings I had with a gentleman who farms over 800 acres. I was on his combine for four hours having my meeting with him about the importance of agriculture in this area. And we we don't really think about it until you actually do a drive and go, there is an awful lot of agriculture here. And then you look at a community like Tay and people would just, you know, they would drive through it and go, oh, I wonder what's here. And what's there is history, you know. There's so much history in that community. And so, like I said, each one is individual. So how are we going to bring those things forward? How are we going to look at all those unique pieces and make this really unique 
strategic plan because, you know, every community can say it's a great place to live, work, and play. Every community says that will. But you have to find the uniqueness. Like, what are you known for and what is the, why would you want to come to this community? That's what we're about to take on and we're really excited to be doing it. It seems like, especially with the pandemic, there was this idea of, okay, I'm going to still have a job down in Toronto, but I'm going to move up to Midland. And then for you guys, how do you guys make it that, no, no, I could work in Midland and stay here and build a family here, not to have to make that separation? Well, I think, you know, you come up to North Simcoe and you go, your eyes get wide as you go, it's so beautiful, you know, and it's got everything we need. And now what can I do for a job? And the really great thing here is that we have companies that not only want you to come and work for them, but they really give you that, they surround you and they give you that quality of life through, even through work. So they, they're very respectful of your lifestyle. They're very respectful of, you know, making sure you get the proper training to do the job. And it's not just, oh, we need you to come and work here and then, you know, at the end of the day, goodbye. They want to have you come in and be part of the family of the job. So if you look at a company like North Enco Tools, they, they really do that whole family piece. If you look at Magna, they do that. Weber is extending and going to have a third plant here. So, you know, there are so many opportunities here, but also for the small business owner, we really do encourage that entrepreneurship. We really encourage youth to move up to the area and make it their home. And then even if you have to commute from tiny to Penetangosheen, or if you have to commute, you know, from, let's say you have to commute from Midland and you go down to Aurelia, there's that whole transportation system that is there. You know, they've really set it up in Simcoe County that you can move around. What they don't want you doing is they don't want you going down the 400 to go to Toronto to work. I came up here having never been here. And I came up, I drove around, and I went, ooh, there is a lot of opportunities here. And I saw the opportunities, like... The opportunities were the uniqueness, like I said earlier, of all four communities, but it had this sort of rugged, but modern sort of vibe to it. Like, it had things here that you get in the larger cities, but it also has this really rugged, adventurous side to it. Suzanne McCrimmon has plans over the next year for surveys and questionnaires, public meetings and open houses across North Simcoe as she puts this ambitious plan into play. Stay tuned for updates over the coming months. The search continues for a new home for the Barry YMCA. Two potential locations have fallen through the cracks. Barry 360's Ian McLennan gets an update from Jill Tetman, CEO of YMCA Simcoe Muskoka. Last time we did a story, I think we have to go back to June or July, where the library location did not pan out. Um, where are we five months later? Well, where we are five months later is we are continuing to explore a number of different options. Uh, we're really open at this point 
to look at every potential option that is available. We have a number of people that have come forward with different site options for us, and we are building that list and doing some analysis on each of the options that come forward. We really want to make sure that when we look at building, that we're building in the most fiscally responsible, sustainable way. As you know, that's one of the reasons that we chose to walk away from the uh, H-Block site or beside the library. It just It was not feasible for us to build there. Now, respectful when you're looking at property, you can't disclose, but um, right. are, are, are you zeroed in mostly on the downtown, or can you, can you let us know if, if there have been uh, some properties that are further away from maybe you would like? Our preference preference is definitely downtown. That's our vision for a community hub, downtown Barrie. We are exploring a little bit beyond that uh, within Barrie. There, you know, there's lots of parameters or areas that we don't want to go to from a market share perspective, but we really are looking at in and around the downtown area. Back in uh, June, July, there was, you know, I think you had said that we, you know, you'd like a shovel um, in the ground by 2024. Is that is that still a, a feasible date, or I guess there are a number of factors maybe that will determine that. Yeah, definitely, lots of factors that will determine that. It has to be a feasible date for us uh, because, uh, as you know, we do have a, a very generous grant from the province of Ontario but it expires on March 31st, 2027, which means uh, we cannot be collecting money from that grant beyond that period. So um, when we work our way back from that, we, we really need to determine and, and have a site finalized by the spring. So it's, the, the clock is ticking. Um, the clock is ticking. It takes some, and then once we have a site or find a site, there's quite a bit of like, due diligence that we would need to do on the site, um, which is probably a, a good year, which is why we said shovel in the ground in 24. It gives us two and a half year build, which again is quite tight. So the timelines are tight. And um, for the people that donated to the campaign, is that campaign, the capital campaign, still ongoing? How much was received? And um, go from there. Yeah, absolutely. The campaign is still going. It's it's been a quiet campaign since probably just around when the pandemic hit. We have already raised nearly five and a half million from our community uh, donors. We've received commitments from the province, um, as I said in the past, it's $29.9 million from the province of Ontario and a commitment from the county of Simcoe for $2.5 million. We haven't launched a more public campaign until we have a site that we're campaigning for. Um, but there's constantly our website, 100 Reasons Why, is still active that anyone can still donate to this project. And, of course, it was going to be or is going to be a community hub. There was a, a component with Youth Haven and um, some other players. I'm just wondering if that will still factor into the, you know, the final outcome. Yeah, absolutely. We are still uh, open to making sure that we achieve our vision for this project, and our, our vision, as it has, as it stands, is, is that community hub um, that is inclusive of childcare and of transitional youth housing um, and of other other sort of supports through uh, Royal Victoria Regional Health Centre and our partnership with them, around rehabilitation. So that continues to be our vision. Uh, and so that's what we're looking to to achieve in finding the site that fits that vision. YMCA Simcoe Muskoka's CEO, Jill Tetman, in conversation with our Ian McLennan.
What Barry's Talking About is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry has to offer and more. You can make it easy to connect by subscribing to What Barry's Talking About through any podcast distributor. Still to come on What Barry's Talking About, the 32nd annual Rock 95 Cool FM Christmas Toy Drive is underway. Former Barry Mayor Jeff Lehman, hoping he's not done with politics, hoping to make a difference in Muskoka. And Canada makes only its second appearance in Soccer's World Cup. Now this. This is your Cool Concert Listing. Hey there, this is Amy with this week's Cool Concert Listings. For one night only, the Get Rollin' album release party by Nickelback comes to history November 15th. The Strumbellas will be at Meridian Place for the Noella Festival November 19th. Moniskin arrives to history in Toronto November 21st and 22nd. Bare Naked Ladies announced at Casino Rama November 25th. Sarah McLaughlin will also be at Casino Rama November 26th. November 26th, Three Days Grace will be at the Sadlin Arena, as well as at History November 27th. Arcade Fire and the We Tour with special guest Beck comes to the Scotiabank Arena December 1st. And Mariah Carey brings her Merry Christmas to All Tour to the Scotiabank Arena December 11th. This has been this week's Cool Concert Listings. For more ticket information and for details, head on over to 1075coolfm.com. Barry's Best Mix, 1075 Cool FM. This is what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. We want to give a kid a Christmas. A few kids, actually. The annual Rock 95 Cool FM Toy Drive is underway. Lots of work to do and not really a lot of time to get it done. Will Conkin sat down with the head elf, Alicia Noseworthy, to find out what's needed and how you can help. The Rock 95 Cool FM Toy Drive is in its 32nd year, but for those who haven't heard about it, give a little description of what it is and what the goal. So the Rock 95 and Cool FM Toy Drive is to support um, as many kids and charities as we can to give as many kids a Christmas as we possibly can. Are you looking for any toys in particular? Is it just anything and everything? Are there some exclusions to what you are looking for in donations-wise? Yeah, so anything and everything except for unwrapped stuffed animals. Um, So a lot of the charities that we work for, unfortunately, do not accept that for sanitary reasons. Uh, So if you have a stuffed animal that's wrapped in plastic or in a box, that's acceptable. Otherwise, we are just looking for um, new wrapped toys. For the older kids, um, what could uh, people donate for them? We're always accepting monetary donations, but gift cards, makeup, sprays, perfumes, nail polish, anything like that, as long as it's new. Monetary donations you can make at our primary or secondary locations in Barrie, um, as well as online. Where are these locations to drop off the toys? So there is a ton of them. Canadian Tire, you can drop off both toys and money donations. Our beer store locations in Barrie are just accepting cash. And then the secondary locations, there's a ton of them. Glassdoor Barrie, Impact Healthcare, Wild Birds Unlimited. Uh, there's a ton. You can find all of them on our webpage. Okay. And then are people able to donate or bring donations to Central Ontario Broadcasting, Rock 95 Cool FM, or is that a no? Our studio here is not a drop-off location. Uh, please go to one of our primary locations, or you can email the toy drive coordinator, um, which is myself, uh, 
to arrange a drop-off elsewhere. Awesome. And then when does the drive run till? It started on November 12th, and it runs until Monday, December 19th. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, it's just a really good cause, and literally anything helps. If you can donate $2, if you go to the store and see a little car, anything helps. Three websites you can go to for more information if you need it. Rock95.com, 1075coolfm.com, and barry360.com. Thanks in advance for your help. He's handed back the chain of office he wore for 12 years. Jeff Lehman, no longer the mayor of Barrie, but in conversation with our Ian McLennan, said he hopes to take his expertise north, that he hopes to be chosen chair of the District of Muskoka. It's an unusual process in the sense that it uh, is a position who is, that is selected by the 22 elected members of district council. And the job is, uh, as head of council, to chair meetings and represent the district to other levels of government, but obviously to, to help the district municipality accomplish its goals. And I hope to bring my experience to doing that. And when does that decision come down? When, when do the councillors elect somebody? So there's an all-candidates meeting uh, on the 28th, and then at the inaugural district council meeting on the 5th of December, uh, we will have another opportunity to address the members of council as candidates, and then they will vote uh, on the next chair. So you're leaving, obviously, um, Mayor Barry, and people might be asking, why Muskoka? What's the connection? Sure. Well, my family's had a place, uh, and we've been going to uh, Huntsville since the mid-90s. Uh, it's uh, and then also a part of the province that I have worked in in the past. But, uh, you know, I think it is a, an area of the province where my experience can really help. And uh, as part-time residents and people who love the district, um, you know, my family's been a part of the community up there for a while. And uh, I, I believe I've got a background that can assist with some of the issues facing the district, and those include housing and bringing permanent jobs to the area, economic development, uh, even Muskoka Airport, which is a bit of an issue at the moment in the district. I know there are those that said, well, I thought, you know, you might be still connected with Barry. That that doesn't disappear, though. You obviously have a built a long relationship since you, you know, are, are part of the city. Oh, absolutely, and I think the causes that are near and dear to my heart in Barrie, I would uh, continue to, to want to be involved in. There's no reason I can't do that. Uh, but I would be delighted to be able to put my time and energies in the municipal sector again in, in service of the District of Muskoka. There are seven candidates for the chair. Only been to Soccer's World Cup once before in 1986 in Mexico. Canada is in Qatar for this year's competition after a dominant romp through the qualifying rounds. A lot of interest across the country and a lot at stake for Canada. Nick McVicker hosts Footy First on TSN Radio. He's with Will Conkin. So, Nick, set the stage for us. Canada's men's squad is in the mix at the World Cup for the first time in 36 years. Uh, what does this mean for the program? Well, to put it into perspective, there's only one player actually on the team who was born the last time this our nation made a World Cup. It's and it's an incredible thing. Um, we've been building for this for over 20 years. Lots have gone into the actual program itself to try to get back to a World Cup, um, and we've been very lucky that we've been able to find some incredible talents like Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, Kyle Laren. These guys are talents that in the past probably could have gone and played for different countries, and that was what the biggest problem was with the national program is that we have a lot of dual citizens in our nation, and because we are a very welcoming country, 
So these players could go play for England or they could go play for another nation. Now they're picking Canada. So that shows you how far this, this team has come, how far the program has come in the last 20 years. And we have a team built from all over the country and honestly all over the world coming together to do what they did and win the CONCACAF qualifying to get to the World Cup. It's a very, very impressive moment for Canadian soccer. And it's just the starting point right now for this team. A lot of people are saying they're building for the 2026 World Cup, but this team is a very strong squad that can uh, actually do some damage at this World Cup if everything falls the right way. Now that we got kind of like a groundwork for this Canadian team, what is the path for them? Maybe give a little breakdown of the structure of the World Cup. Starts off with group stage, right? And then what? Yeah, so the group stage uh, takes place first. All the teams are broken into groups of four. Um, top two teams after the round-robin group stage where you play everybody once will make it into the knockout stage, uh, the round of 16. And then from there, it's a one-game elimination uh, all the way to the final where it'll be one-on-one, winner-take-all sort of mentality. Um, Canada is in a group with Belgium, Croatia, and Morocco. Belgium is the number two ranked team in the world at the moment, so... To say that it's a tough test would be a bit of an understatement. Croatia is also a top 10 team as well in most ranking systems. Um, So it's going to be a tough test for this Canadian squad. Um, Alfonso Davies, obviously a young star in the making. He's already accomplished so much, and he's a name that's expected uh, to do well and lead the club. But maybe uh, who are some other players fans should keep an eye on? I think the biggest one that people need to keep an eye on is uh, Stefan Ustakio. He's a midfielder playing right now for FC Porto in Portugal. He has been in form over the last few weeks. He scored a couple goals in the Champions League, the biggest club competition in Europe. He's coming into this World Cup flying high. You can also keep an eye on the two strikers, um, Jonathan David and Kyle Lahren, both uh, Ontario boys. So you got to love the connections there, but they're the top two goal scorers for the Canadian national team all time. They have the most goals wearing the red and white, and they're still young. John, uh, Kyle Aaron's only 27. He's one of the older players on this team, ironically. Jonathan David's just 22. Same age as Alfonso Davies. We have a very young squad, but these guys are the ones that are going to make a big, big impact on this World Cup team. So, Nick, what are the chances of them getting out of the group stage? It's an interesting question because when you go into it, uh, we're looking at a couple question marks for this Canadian team right away out of game one. Alfonso Davies picked up an injury not even two weeks ago um, with his club team in Germany, and it's one of those, will he even be able to play game one versus Belgium on the 23rd? He hasn't reported to camp yet. He's expected to report after their game against Japan. I don't know if he'll play in that game, but they weren't expected to win that game anyway, so that could be just planning ahead to the Croatia game on the 27th. I would look at chances of making it out as not very high, but at the same time, it all comes down to that Croatia game for me. If they can come out and get a result, whether it be a draw or a win, That puts them in a really good spot because I think Belgium wins this group no problem. And I think Croatia is the outlier. If they can get a result against Croatia, they have a very good chance to beat Morocco. And 
When you have four points, it puts you in a very good spot to get out of your group. While I want them to get out, I'm trying to be realistic and not get my hopes too high since they don't get crushed. But hopefully they do get out and we get to see them play in a group stage or a knockout stage here in the World Cup. Canada is on the positive upward, right? Absolutely. This is a, this is a positive uptick for this nation. Canada's first game at the World Cup is November 23rd against Belgium. And that's our program for this week. Thanks to Will and Ian for their input and to Matt Ladder for piecing it all together. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to what Barry's talking about. Rate it. Review it. You can also keep up with what Barry's talking about on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360 and on our website, Barry360.com. I'm Dan Blakely. Hope you'll join us again next week.